think we're online. We're well, hey everybody, uh, welcome again to the Espresso Bar. Uh, today we've got me. I'm Chris. I do lots of stuff, uh, and Seth, who uh, you should know by now. And we brought we've brought on Darren, who's one of our core developers, um, and he is going to be talking about some lots of coding geeky stuff. So. Um, so this last month, uh, we we launched a couple new things. Um, we launched uh, a new iPad app, and we launched um, our our API. So, um, Seth, you want to talk about that stuff? Yeah. So the uh, so it's kind of very very exciting for us to get the uh, the iPad and the API out. Um, we had to basically launch both of them at the same time because um, you know the of course the iPad app requires a, a JSON API to you know to pull the pull the events and stuff like that so um, it was a lot of work uh, you know, we spent um, you know we spent a couple months planning out the iPad app and and then we uh, we brought on we hired a developer to to basically uh, to build the app for us based on Based on our existing iPhone app, and and uh, it was uh, it was quite a lot of work. Oh, man, I I can't even. There there's so many things that, that went into this went into building this app. It, it's just it's just unbelievable. But um, yeah, if you got if if you visit our website recently, you've you've probably seen some of the screenshots or the or the videos, um, or actually may have even downloaded it and, and, and have been trying it out. Uh, we, we did find a, a couple little uh, snags when we when we launched, but um, we're getting ready to release a new update for that, uh, hopefully within the next week or so. Um, basically, some of, the, some of the things we run into were, were limitations within the API of, um, you know, like, you know, timeout, timing out issues with with some servers, basically, because um, you know the the database is trying to access too much data at one time or, or make too many connections at one time. Um, so the the app was was timing out on like if you went over a hundred, if you had over a hundred events or, or something like that. So we we put we took this all back to our developers and uh, we made some some improvements with the API. So to to reduce the the amount of MySQL queries um, within that are that are happening on the server, so um, I think I believe that what was happening um, in one of the tickets that I read, the, one of the queries was was uh, it was doing double the queries, um, so two, doing two queries at the same time for or basically trying to do two queries and getting the double results or something like that. So that was causing a few issues. So we have we, we have fixed that, and, and we're going to be releasing an update to the API very soon, um, probably, hopefully within, you know, within the same time frame, within about a week or so. We might just wait till the, till the end of the month. I'm uh, not sure yet, but well, we're going to try to get those updates out as soon as possible. And uh, another one of the snags was, was a limitation um, snag. So we had, uh, we were only... I think the I I think the iPad app was was defaulting to to 50 was only pulling 50 events and 50 attendees and it was basically uh, 
we just needed to adjust the query um, for that. But while we're doing that, we just told the developer to go ahead and add some settings um, into uh, into the iPad app so that we can we can define our own limits basically, or or actually the end user can define their own limits. Um, as far as how many events and how many attendees and 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 that kind of thing that they want to that they want to pull from the from the database or pull from the API, um, but you know it, it's gotta, you just got to keep in mind if you're running a lower end server, you know um, that they may have limitations on how many MySQL queries can be run or you know the there, there may be a timeout, um, you know, timeouts in place on the server and that type of thing. So, um, but we'll have those, we'll have those updates pretty soon. Um, so that should fix, that should help out, you know, the people that have over 50 events or, or whatnot. I think another one was like, uh, there was a limit on the attendees too, which didn't make much sense, but we'll get that all, we'll, we'll get it all. I'll square it away, and we'll, the iPad app will uh, be running pretty smooth pretty soon. And uh, on the along those same lines, with the iPad app, uh, we have the iPhone and Android app as well. Um, we're we're hanging, we're holding off on on any updates to the to the Android app. Um, so to use the new um, API, we need to until we until we get the um, iPad and iPhone apps squared away because we're basically right now we're merging we're merging the iPhone app into using the the same code base as the as the iPad app so iPhone and and iPad will be one app that you can download and install or that you can install onto your iPhone so once we get that squared away then we'll probably uh, give it a little bit of time and then you know start looking into updating the uh, the Android app, so that it uses the same code base or uses a similar code base and uh, and API. What sorts of things uh, will people be able to do with the uh, with the iPad app? Those those people that don't have iPads, like me, or uh, who haven't uh, <laughs> tried it out yet. Um, well, it, it it definitely has a better it has a better attendee interface than than the um, than the iPhone app, um, and I would. It even has the interface is, is a lot cleaner than um, some of the uh, some of the uh, web interface that we currently have within within Espresso as well. But um, that will soon change once we release you know the new version of the latest greatest update to <laughs> Venespresso, you know 3.2 or or 4.0 or calling it. But um, basically. Um, Right now, it gives you a nice overview of of all of of your events, like today, upcoming and past events, in a nice little tabbed view. Um, so, and then when you so when you click on to an event, you can see you can see a nice over you get a nice overview of all the attendees, and you can see. Um, what ticket they've they've paid for, how much they've paid, if it's a single or, or group registration, um, you can you can click on an attendee's name and pull up uh, additional information about that attendee, such as like the 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 event time, the registration code, uh, the date that they registered, their email address, all that stuff. And you can even check them in 
um, from the from the from the iPad interface. And if they've if they've purchased more than one ticket, you can you, it has a nice little interface to uh, to select how many tickets you want to actually check in when they say if they arrive at the door they don't have their ticket or you know they brought additional attendees but they've only only have one ticket you know one person printed off their ticket you can look up the you can look up all the attendees in the reg in that registration and stuff like that there's a lot of things that you can that you, that you can do now that you couldn't do in the original um, iPhone app um, you can also get information about the about the uh, the venue and bring up a map of the venue. You can scan tickets. Um, there's there's a little bit more detailed information when you scan a ticket. So if you're using the camera to scan a ticket, you can it'll bring up uh, it'll it'll you can it'll bring up the the window at the screen that says you know this person's checked in, and it'll have a, de a little details button so you can get more details about that attendee <laughs> and uh, and kind of see. See some, you know, see whatever you want on there. In the future, we're going to add um, some more. We're going to add uh, some point of sale functionality, basically, so you can you can register people uh, at the door, and then hopefully we'll 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 be able to integrate with some kind of uh, with with Square or PayPal. Um, around that time too, but uh, that'll be awesome. Those, yeah, those are some things that are coming down the line. Um, but of course, we need to build out the API to support those things. So right now, um, you know, we just have some basic. We just have basic information about the attendee, um, but we will add um, the custom questions, whatever custom questions they've they've asked, they've answered, and that type of thing. Um, and then. There, there's plans probably, pro I, I would say probably later, much later in the year or maybe even next year, we'll, we have plans to even uh, manage events from, from the iPad app as well. So creating and, and editing events and as well as editing um, attendee <clears throat> details and, and that type of thing, you know, in addition to the point of sale services. So Yeah, the iPad will be... Being able to actually create events from the iPad will be, um, and having an interface that's that's mm -hmm. easier to use than just trying to log into your website from the back end on your iPad will be. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot nicer. Cool. The, the cool thing for me about the API is that uh, it's it just is going to open up a lot of potential for other third-party developers to come in and develop their own kind of things, and I think that's one of the things we've talked about with the development of this API is we're using it for our own purposes for the iPad app and stuff, but eventually. We really want encourage third party developers to see what they can dream up with it as well. So I think that's yeah. gonna be the cool thing. We already have we've already had some interest um or some, some developers asking questions um you know in our forums and stuff and, and emailing us about uh building uh building mobile apps building their own mobile apps. So there are there's there's already developers out there that are you know, creating their own mobile apps and stuff, which is really exciting. You know, I can't wait to see what kind of uh, kind of people uh, or what kind of things people come up with. You know, yeah, well, and people have asked for a long time about about white labeling um, our iPad app or iPhone mm -hmm. app, um, and with with the API, you know, white labeling will be unnecessary because you just build your own and it'll do whatever you want it to. Yep, exactly. So. Um, 
another thing that we've sort of been talking about a little bit, um, I, I've, I've seen Josh bringing it up in the forums a lot, is um, our transactional email uh, plugin, the uh, postmark mandrel thing. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I, I've, I know that we use it for, uh, for our emails at Event Espresso, but I have no idea what either of those things do. Um, I've been looking at Mandrel and trying to figure out whether or not I should use it, but why would I, what, convince me why would I use this? What is it for? Well, it helps, it helps to deliverability rates. Uh, I don't even think I said that right. De- deliverability. Deliverability. <laughs> you can a little tongue tied on that one. Say that three uh, times. Yeah, deliverability. De- deliverability rates, yes, um, something like that. Um, it it helps with your your email deliverability, um, such as you know if if you're it, it, if you're having problems with all of your emails to your clients going to spam, you know, and this could be happening from you know from any any point. Of your website that sends emails and stuff like that, you know, not just the Espresso, but but any other service like Gravity Forms or C Forms too, or or you know, of course, Event Espresso and and you know, registrations. If you're running S2 member and people are, are signing up and and their their password emails or their email reminders and stuff like that are just going into the spam, they're they're never going to know, you know, that they you know, did my registration go through, or did did my recent purchase just just go through or not? And you know, I didn't get an email, and and it happens all the time. We still get a couple people. You know, we still get a, a couple emails go to spam. But our first, what was it? Our first week that we started running running this. You know, I think we started with we started with Postmark, um, and then we found Mandrill. But um, we were getting quite a few emails going to spam. I think the first week we. You know, we uh, had like what was it? Do you remember, Darren? It was like a hundred or so. We emails that that all of a sudden were were getting delivered without problems. Well, know, it dropped our spam rate tremendously. Yeah, just just yeah. from that standpoint. See, the problem is where it's a real help is that, especially for uh, customers who might be have Event Express installed on a shared server. Um, the thing with shared servers is they share an IP address, and if there's anybody on that server that's been flagged um, sending spam emails, that IP address gets compromised. And so basically anybody sending emails from that server could potentially have their email sent to spam folders. So what happens is um, with the uh, Mandrill or the Postmark service, you're offloading all your, they call it transactional emails, um, to their their services, and they've done a really good job at trying to make sure that um, that uh, all the emails going from there are certified and verified. There's some things you have to do to set up on those services, but um, it really helps improve on the deliverability rate. And um, I got that word, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, the other thing that's really cool about these services is that they have built-in metrics. So not only are you able to uh, improve your deliverability rate, but you're also able to um, track the emails mm-hmm. that um, are are being sent out. So you can you can collect statistics on not only, especially with Mandrill. That's one of the reasons why we switched to Mandrill because the metrics are a little bit better with Mandrill. But you're able to uh, track uh, how many opens for your emails, 
Um, with Mandrill, you're even able to add tracking to the links in the emails. Uh, so it really works well. Yeah. Now, our plugin, what, what makes it cool with the transactional plugin that we created is that uh, you can drop this plugin on your WordPress install, um, add the API credentials for whatever service you're using, and then it's set up. And basically how it works is anything that uses a WP mail function on the back end, which is what sends emails out from your servers on a WordPress install, uh, goes through the, the Mandrill or Postmark service, depending on what you have set up. So there's very little setup you have to do. You, once you've got your API credentials entered that you sign up for at the Mandrill site or the Postmark site, uh, you enter them in the plugin settings, and all your emails start going through those services. So, so if I install this on my on my server right now, and all I need to do is turn on the plugin and put on my API key, and then I'm good to go. I don't need to worry about anything. That's right. So, what's the difference between Postmark and Mandrill? Well, Postmark, uh, they, uh, it, the main difference is two things. First thing is the number of transactional emails you get free. Postmark, I think, is something like. Um, I don't know. Is it one thousand k or uh, one one k or something, Seth? I think it's a thousand. Yeah, a thousand per a thousand, month. So yeah. basically, you get a thousand free emails going out per month. Um, and then Mandrill, I think it's something like ten k. Twelve thousand. I just looked yesterday. Yeah. So now Mandrill is is a service that was created by Mailchimp. A lot of people are familiar with Mailchimp. So uh, they've got obviously they've probably got a good set of resources. Um, for using Mandrill. And also integrates with your MailChimp account, so it might be the better option for a lot of people. The other difference between the two is is basically the metrics that are collected. Um, Postmark, we, we loved it. It worked really well. Um, it collects some basic metrics uh, in terms of how many emails were sent. You can tag the emails going out so that you can kind of see, you know, how many of different types of emails are being sent. But where Mandrill really shines is uh, their metrics in terms of what you're able to track. Not only are you able to track the deliverability rates, but you also can track how many emails were opened. Um, yeah, that's what MailChimp does too. Yeah, and you can also have it so that by default we have the plugin. Uh, if you're sending HTML emails from your server, it'll automatically add tracking links to those um, any links in the email. So when people click those links. You're actually able to track in the Mandrill backend um, what links have been clicked and you know that kind of thing. So, which really uh, for us, Event Expressful, from a business perspective, it helps us collect some useful metrics on what emails are being read and the useful stuff, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, I think for anybody who's doing events, um, that'll be very helpful as well because they'll be able to see if they're sending out a newsletter on events that they have, which are the more popular ones, and you can even do tests and seeing um, in terms of if I do this content for an email versus this content, what works better. So those services really work. But the key thing that we've done, and I think Josh has done a good job in recommending this to people who use Event Expresso, is that it, it just the dramatic increase in deliverability is what makes this plugin worth it. Uh, you basically don't have to worry about any email settings on your server. You just send it where you go. So can you? So the one thing we are planning on adding eventually is, you know, down the road. It's not on our immediate time timeline, but uh, having the statistics right in the plugin itself, so you can see that in your dashboard 
Yeah. Um, we have a question from the IRC. So, Darren, do you want to... It says, uh, Eric asks, oh, sure. can you contrast the difference between using Postmark well, I think we already or, We'll skip to the another, next one. Can you, can you limit it to only uh, certain types or another of... Ser well, we already talked about, about another service like MailChimp, like the MailChimp plugin. Yeah. Well, right now, there's two questions there, eh? The first one, uh, can you contrast the difference between using Postmark and another service for transactional emails versus using your... Okay, so basically a transactional email plugin will affect all emails going out from your server. So when you turn it on, it, it, will, it will send all the emails to whatever you choose, Postmark or Mandrill. Um, and basically the difference between transactional emails and something that, uh, like a email that MailChimp sends out, is uh, MailChimp is for your, um, they don't call it a transactional email, they call it a, what do they call it? Uh, email list or something like that. More like direct Where you're, you're intentionally sending one email to thousands of users or hundreds of users, but it's the same email. A transactional email, in the strictest sense, is it may have the same template, but it will have um, certain things that are only specific to that user. So, like a password reset, even though it's the same template, it's only specific to the user request to reset, right? So, that's basically the difference between a transactional email and a, and a mail. So, our MailChimp plugin is mostly for if you want to use any of MailChimp's lists, then you're sending things out through that. Whereas uh, the transactional plugin we've made available is specifically for any emails that go out from your server related to, um, you know, uh, updates or confirmations, um, payment confirmations, registration confirmations, that kind of thing. Now, as far as the second question, can you limit it to only e e e emails? No. At this point, once you turn on the plugin, it's any email going out from your server. But what the good thing is is that um, right now we have an integrations tab and we haven't integrated actually event special on that tab yet that's a plan um, we have integrated some of the popular uh, WordPress plugins um, like gravity forms and uh, s2 member is another one uh, primarily we integrated initially the things that are related to um, just our use on eventexpresso.com so we weren't really thinking initially when we developed this to make it, you know, for everybody using Event Expresso, but we just decided to do that. So that's why Event Expresso isn't an integration right off the bat. Mm -hmm. But um, what the integration tabs allows you to do uh, is you can actually set specific tags for um, whatever plugin is sending out the emails. So, for instance, Gravity Forms, we can set a tag for certain uh, Gravity Forms going out. And then that way, when you actually receive or, or look in the statistics, you'll be able to drill down by tag the different emails that have gone out. So uh, that's how that works. Cool. Thanks for that overview, Darren. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's really helped us. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really glad you – Darren was the one that coded the whole thing, but um, I'm really glad you made that because – you know, we were having so many problems with even our, you know, reminder emails going out from S2 member and, and, and stuff like that. So, 
Yeah, they're and that's even on a dedicated server that the Eventor special website is on. And we were having problems even even with our own stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and another problem was our site, even though like we're still constantly trying to improve the scalability of our website, but one thing we're noticing is that even the emails, when we when a bunch of them went out, it slowed down the server because everything was being handled on the same server, right? So what we've done is offloaded all our email sending off to Mandrill and it's mm-hmm. it's even helped from that standpoint. So Yeah. Cool. So how do people get it? Now that we've made everybody super excited about about this plugin, <laughs> how do how do they download it? Well, you have to gonna... pay us mega bucks to get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're uh, right now it's in it's in our pre-release channel, so you have you'll have to sign up for the pre-release channel from within your account uh, page in in on our website. So if you just go into the sign in button on the top right corner of the website, and then um, you can you can sign up for the pre-release channel. That's basically like our beta channel um, for for plugins that we're you know trying to figure out what to do with if we're going to integrate them with with the uh, you know into the core plugin or if we're going to if it's something like this such as a third-party service or interacts with a third-party service, um, but it's not really an espresso specific functionality. We'll probably uh, in this case we're probably just going to put it up on on wordpress.org for people to download but um, the, the purpose of putting in our pre-release channel is to try to get try to get people testing it and and stuff like that beta testing it before we actually push it to a to a full release yeah so and oftentimes too if if you ask nicely in support forms mm-hmm. um, like really nicely, you might get one of our support guys just give you a link to the the file. So yeah, yep, it should be. We're we're planning on putting up on WordPress.org pretty yeah. soon for for everyone else that doesn't have an account within uh, an espresso. So yeah, that's one thing we talked about too when we were doing this, and we realized, hey, we can develop this, and anybody can use it. You know, because it's our way of giving back to the community as well. The WordPress mm-hmm. has been such so good for us, so. Uh, it's a way to help people. Out. So, so Eric's um, asking, how do we offer support for you know beta feedback? You know, we can we offer support in the forums and stuff like that for this type of thing. Well, limited limited support. Um, you know, but you know, we'll, we'll take you know if it's like you know, can you add this functionality or can you make it do this some crazy thing? We'll probably be like, well, we're we're focusing on four. On, on on the next version of Venespresso right now, but um, you know we'll we'll take the feedback into account and stuff like that. I don't know if we have a sp- specific forum channel for for the for the manager. I think we have a, I think we have a pre-release. Uh, we have a pre-release channel. Yeah, pre-release forum forum channel. Yeah, when you join the pre-release channel, you get access to um, the forums that are related to giving feedback for anything on the pre-release channel. Mm-hmm. But um, Another thing that I don't know, I think it's been talked about before, I'm not going to hijack the thread, but I am hijacking the thread, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's just uh, for any developers that are doing, you know, work on Event Expresso, uh, there is there's the uh, availability of signing up and requesting access to our private GitHub repo where we post some things, so um, you can yeah. feel free to do that as well. EventEspresso.com slash developers. Yeah. 
All right. So speaking of speaking of developers, check this segue out. Um, so we're gonna we're there's been a lot of talk. We've 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 been talking about um, the next we we. So you may have noticed <laughs> that we're reluctant to say uh, Event Espresso 3.2 uh, today, um, and and maybe even in the forums a little bit too. Um, and this is because we've been talking uh, over the last couple weeks about how uh, it's um, it's it's sort of not a 3.2 anymore. Um, we've been working on this on this next version of Event Espresso for I think I think it actually has been uh, about two years, maybe a year and a half. I think we started I think at the end. I think we started at the end of um, 2011. Um, well, we so, didn't really start it. We just kind of started. Well, modifying thing, things and then right. like, oh, we, we're going to we push started, this into... <laughs> we, started version, we started version 3.2 then and then at, you know, by last year we had moved a lot of that functionality that we had added to that version of 3.2 into, into the core event espresso um, plugin, uh, the 3.1 dot whatever. Um, so, but, uh, and, and originally uh, 3.2 was really just, the idea was, was to clean up some of the code um, but also to address many of the sort of headaches uh, that people were having with with multi-event registration, that was going to be the big, uh, the big thing. Um, so we we had Brent sort of focus on that, and as he's going through and changing the code, it became more and more ripping things out and completely uh, rebuilding them, and that's sort of led into new things that we've been working on, like the API, and now we're doing all sorts of stuff where where we're com- Really, more restructuring uh, event espresso. Um, so, uh, the artist formerly known as Event Espresso 3.2, um, which will most likely be Event Espresso 4.0. Um, uh, we we talked uh, a couple of years ago um, about uh, giving um, giving releases code names. Um, Arabica was going to be um, the uh, the code name for the artist formerly known as 3.2, the plugin formerly known as 3.2, the, I guess the ver- I guess I guess the version formerly known as 3.2, um, and then we just never really started using it. And I was I was saying the other day, you know, if we had been calling it Arabica from the beginning, this 3.2 4.0 thing would never have been uh, an issue because we would just have been referring to it as Arabica, and that's what we were talking about. So we wouldn't need to worry about saying, oh well, now 3.2 is 4.0. Um, so so Event Espresso Arabica. Um, that's that's sort of the history. It's it's so if we if you see any reference to 3.2 anywhere, it's we're talking about 4.0 now. Um, and uh, really, there should have been a 3.2 and a 3.3 and a 3.4 somewhere in the last couple of years because you know the the those point releases are you know for the the feature releases, and we have been you know actually doing feature releases. We've been sneaking some features in here and there um, in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, really, really, three point two is was probably like three point one dot sixteen or something. I think that's when we added like uh, um, the the image thumbnails to the calendar and and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, that's that's that. We're we're now calling it four point um, but we're gonna try to avoid calling it anything until uh, it's actually gonna be closer to release. Which um, Seth, uh, closer to release? Uh. Well, we're supposed to be our milestone date for this release is uh, March 25th, which is next week. Um, 
we we're probably going to take a little bit of time, um, you know, th probably this Friday and, and Monday, maybe, and going through some of the tickets. Uh, we have a we have our support meetings on Friday, so maybe, you know, I was thinking maybe we'll get the support guys in and uh, you know, kind of look at some of the tickets that are currently in there and see what you know, see if they have any thoughts on if we should push uh, one or two of them back. Uh, I think we what do we have like forty or 30 or 40-something open tickets right now Yeah, yeah. Um, in this milestone. Um, so, and then probably then Monday, you know, pass that along to the development team meeting and uh, get everyone's thoughts and see if we can push anything back or, you know, or what, or if we need to push the date back. But we're hoping for a, a beta release on March 25th. Um, we've been alpha testing for, you know, and that's when it'll how long. <laughs> that's, that's when it'll show up on the pre-release channel, yeah. and then people can start using it. Mm -hmm. And we still have we still have quite a few things to to figure out since this is such a major rewrite. Um, you know, we, like not all the add-ons are going to be compatible with the new version. Exactly, add-ons, gateways, um, features. Some, a lot of the features that are in 3.1 may not are probably not going to make it into three into 4.0. Um, you know, the gateways are definitely not going to make it in. Uh, we we we'll, we have support for a few gateways, such as PayPal and Authorize.net, I believe, and then we have the check and money order. Those those gateways. What so, we're gonna what we're planning on doing though, um, within well, hopefully soon um, with three dot one is um, we need to get some some actual statistics on on what gateways people are using. So um, when with the with the update uh, the plugin update engine that that's handling the event special update you know, notifications, um, we can, we're going to try to add a, a little thing in there that sends us information about what, um, what gateways people are using. And then that we're going to use that information to, to base, you know, what gateways, um, we're going to bring into three, uh, <laughs> I almost did it too, Arabica. <laughs> what, what, what gateways are going to bring into, um, based yeah. on what people are actually using. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just just a note on the whole naming thing. Part of the reason why we're doing this too is because we really want people to know that this is a a different plugin in many ways from three point one, and um, so you know it's it's not going to be like you can just install this and um, expect everything to look the same and run the same with three point one. It's dramatic, not only in the um, in some of the visual uh, UI stuff that you'll see, but also in terms of major stuff in the back end. So um, this is kind of... But in uh, a good way. In a good way. That, that's, that's the whole idea behind this is uh, we're hoping to really, and we really believe that we've improved it in a dramatic way for, for our users. So when we initially release it, it's not going to have everything that 3.1 has off the bat. Um, but we are going to be, once we got that first initial release out, we're going to be steadily adding things that people um, are needing for their events. And I just think that, uh, personally, I know I've used both 3.1 and 3.4.0, and uh, uh, I just, I'm really excited about, about 4.0 getting out and being used. Yeah. Yeah, think, uh... you've got some, you've got some... Some screenshot. What were you gonna say? Are you gonna say that? Oh, I think everyone's excited, especially our customers. 
you know. <laughs> and uh, that leads you into Darren, I guess, right? You're gonna yeah, talk I was about... going to say, Darren's got some stuff to show us about the messaging yeah, system. Yeah, one of the things, one of the, the huge things that I've been a part of with uh, 4.0 development is comes out of uh, and something that started when I first came on to start developing for uh, what was known then as 3.2. Um, I was added to try and fix, I was asked to fix up some of the email notification stuff that was happening. And uh, I jumped in there and realized, again, that's one of the things we've noticed with developing this whole uh, 4.0 is that we're not just looking at the existing system, but we're looking at how they can be improved, not only for the immediate needs, but also for any potential future needs. So after discussing with uh, uh, Brent at the time, um, about the direction for for email notifications, we decided that we're actually going to put in, in place a system. This is about six months ago, six, seven, actually longer than that, probably about eight or nine months ago when I started on this. Um, putting in place a not just something for email notifications, but a framework for any type of notification going out. Um, and this has become known as our messages system. And so basically this messages system is going to entirely replace the email notification system that uh, people are familiar with in 3.1. And it is a framework. Uh, so uh, when we launch, we're going to have emails, obviously, as part of the messages system. But um, I'm going to talk a little bit about later about some of the other options that are going to be available with this framework. That's really cool. So basically what this framework does is it provides um, um, a system that allows for different types of messengers and we would consider email a messenger but uh, potentially down the road we'll also be able to add Facebook or, or Twitter. Um, we've also talked about how there may be people who want to hook into different third-party cloud services such as FreshBooks. In other words, send something to FreshBooks every time uh, an event sells which is in an online invoice system. Uh, or accounting system, and uh, and so that would be a messenger that API, or having a webhook. If a developer wanted to have something on their own server that, you know, is is pinged every time an event happens, uh, an event sale happens, or every time a registration happens, they could set up a webhook messenger. So messengers are the vehicles that deliver the messages, and then the other component of the system is message types and you think of message types kind of as the kind of message going out. So an example of message type that people would be familiar with is uh, registration confirmations. So that's a, a message type that goes out. Another example is a payment confirmation. That's a message type that goes out. Um, eventually we, those are the two that are there right at the beginning, but eventually we, we will be putting in things like a reminders uh, would be a message type, that kind of thing. Um, so message types are a component of the system that are the kinds of messages going out. And then we have our message templates. And what a message template is, is, is it's um, the format of the message. So you could, and, and a message template will be for a messenger and a message type. And so, for example, you might have a, a, a message template for email messengers for the reminder confirmation. And so you'll be able to open up that template and I'll be showing that to you in a minute on the screen um, where you'll be able to edit the template for all those email message uh, 
registration confirmation message types. The other thing that we have is um, there's contexts, and uh, contexts are are typically you would see them uh, used for recipients. So, for instance, your reminder confirmation emails that go out, you might want go, want one going out to your event administrator, and you want one going out to the primary attendee, and you also may want one going out to all the attendees that were registered for that um, event. So that would you would have three contexts that you could do templates for for that messenger and for that message type um, for payment confirmations it might you might only you we initially have a setup so it's only going out for event administrator as the as the first recipient and then another one going to the primary attendee because typically that's the person who paid for the event right so um, keep in mind that um, as I show this to you this this is this is a framework. So what we're setting up initially is the email messenger and two message types, which is payment and registration. But the cool thing about the system is it creates incredible flexibility for the different types of messengers that we may add and the different types of message types that we may add uh, down the road and makes it really easy to implement some of the features that, that customers have been questing. Uh, for example, which is um, the reminder um, message type that a lot of people have been asking for. Um, social networks, being able to hook in, you know, notifications to, to the social networks, that kind of thing. What about like a um, SMS, text messages, that type of thing? I'm just going to, what I'm going to do now is, uh, is I'm going to give a little bit of a screencast to show um, an example. So I'm just going to get this set up. Mm -hmm. now, what about like uh, services like Twilio and and uh, stuff like that? Yeah, you... yeah. Like any, that's the beautiful thing about this system. Basically, anything you can think of as something where you want to deliver notifications to, um, we can add in as a new messenger. And um, it, it's also a framework that's available for third-party developers if they want to start doing their own stuff with it as well. Uh, and now, just an inject here, uh, one of the cool things that I personally as a developer that I really like about what we've been doing with 4.0 is, is it's much more extensible by third-party developers. In other words, mm -hmm. we've been fairly liberal with hooks and filters and even the framework of the system. So uh, it developers will love 4.0 in terms of what they can do with it. Okay, so I'm just going to set up the screen share here. Uh, let's see, which one? Hmm. Okay. Alright, so... <laughs> Who's that, Darren? <laughs> Is that your brother? Sounds kidding. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll see stuff. We've got some test events set up that are kind of uh, funny. So, anyways, here I'm going to go to our, our uh, messages menu. And the first thing that shows up is kind of an overview of all the templates um, that are available. And uh, you'll remember that I talked about message types and messengers. So, when people look at this screen, they'll see what message type this template is for, is it payment or registration, then they'll see what messenger 
Um, this is for us, so eventually when we get Twitter or Facebook or those kind of things, they'll see that in the list as well. Um, and global just means that by default, this is a template that's used for anything that goes out. Um, we've also, you also see that I have a an event here, the Llama Llama 500 race, and that's um, a template that um, will be for specific for that event. So you need me to zoom in a bit? Let me see. I can zoom in a bit. Um, a bit better? That's a little bit better. A bit better, Seth? Good. All right. So, um, and then in the recipients, that's your context. So, for instance, for the payment, we have event admin and a primary attendee um, as a possibility. So, when people want to edit a template, can view it, and now they can see who it's going to, um, who it's going to be uh, from. And we know from this drop down here that this is the event admin who's going to receive this template. Um, they can edit the subject. And we've also got all those short codes that can be used with um, this particular messenger and message type um, view, so uh, template. So if people, when they're editing um, the different message templates, they'll be able to see what short codes they can use and not have to try and figure out. Um, is this work with this one or does it work with a different one, right? So it's all context sensitive. We also have a help so that um, they can click on that and find out what the short code is used for and that kind of thing. Um, and then you can quickly switch between the template for the recipient. And again, it's this is the email payment uh, confirmation template. And so any primary attendees are going to receive what's in this template. Now, this is a thing we notice um, right now we've got some defaults set up that make some kind of pretty looking emails. Eventually we're going to have different themes that people can switch between. Uh, but a lot of people will look at this and go, oh my gosh, what is that? And then if they go to, you know, the tax and they see all the code, their eyes will start to glaze over. So what we've done is uh, we've created a preview button. So you can actually click that and preview exactly what the email will be for that particular event and it will automatically parse the short codes that you've used so you can test it and see okay is that how I want it to look and um, and uh, that's how it works so and then you can go back sweet. and edit and so if I want to switch to let's go to a registration I'm going to do the attendee I have a so, question will people still be able to Darren, what's that? Can you hear me? Um, will people still be able to assign um, emails per event, so they can have a totally different email for each event? Yes, and I'm just going to show that. So if we go to events, and we'll show event itself. So what you'll have is a, a new meta box that replaces the existing email uh, meta box that's in 3.1. And uh, what will happen is all the different messengers will be along these tabs here. So if you have one for Twitter or one for Facebook or whatever, um, you'll be able to switch to that and affect the template for that messenger. And then 
it just shows you what you're using currently. So this event will use custom templates for payment email messages that go out. And if people say, um, and then it says this event will use global templates for registration email messages. So if I say, well, I don't want to use, I want to use a custom one for this. So I'll switch to custom. And then I generate the template. And now I can edit this. And it'll be a template that's used specifically for this event. So I can say, um, this is a really cool llama event. I click save. And now it's going to be using custom templates for registration. So then if I go back to the overview, I now have a custom template for the llama event for um, okay bug that should be registration <laughs> but we'll get that fixed but anyway so the bottom line is that yeah um, people will be able to easily um, edit existing global templates that that's a cool thing if they want to edit or custom template right within their e event editor they can do it without having to go to another whole page and uh, and set it up and then save it and uh, it edits it. So, yeah. Um, the other thing I just want to briefly mention is that um, what this means for users is that there's a lot, uh, we're hoping to greatly improve the UI so it's a lot easier to really see what's going to happen when you make a change as well as um, customize the different types of messages that go out um, and it will also this framework also allows us to more rapidly add new types of messengers and message types that people have been requesting one of the things that we've had with 3.1 is when uh, people have asked for features um, such as reminders or that kind of thing there's a whole bunch of different things in the code that we have to change to enable that now the messages system is in its own contained kind of uh, area of 4.0 and to add these new features becomes a lot more easier and we'll be able to more rapidly develop new messengers and message types and that kind of thing. From a developer standpoint this again this will really help the party developers imagine up new types of things they want to do. Um, for instance for a client they may be integrating Event Expresso and the client wants the, the uh, Event Expresso to automatically send information to a specific website or cloud service. Um, a developer will actually be able to create a new messenger and, uh, and be able to do that. Um, so I'm just going to turn off the screen share here. Um, and so they'll be able to a lot easier plug in things that will um, allow them to create their own custom things for the messenger system, messages system. Cool. So it's taken a lot of work to get where it is, but uh, I really think this is going to be one of the powerful features of 4.0 and Event Expresso for the future. And really excited about some of the things we have planned in integrating in uh, future iterations. Mm -hmm. So any questions? Yeah, well, I mean, how cool, how cool is that? Like, you know, if you if you register for an event and, and let's just say, like, uh, it takes 
like you, you didn't pay right away or it takes a few minutes for the payment to go through but you get a text message on your phone that says you're you're in or or if you had um like you know attendee the the attendee pre-approval feature or something or or if there's an alert that that the event manager wants to send out that you could get that stuff sent to your phone or you could get that stuff or you could just automatically feed that stuff to to Twitter or or whatever i mean um you know register with a tweet kind of thing that would just be that would be awesome. That just it's yeah, a lot, of, a lot of lot of possibility. Oh yeah, and that's the huge thing I like about this is because it's a framework. It just it's not limited to what it can do, and it's part of the reason why it's taken so long to code is because we've really tried to be as dynamic as possible in the code. So it creates a lot more flexibility for what's possible. Personally, the thing I'm really excited about is I'm kind of a a business guy, and uh, I like being able to track things. So knowing that you know something like this could be plugged into a third-party cloud service, where event details about a purchase or a sale could automatically be sent to that, um, rather than having to uh, you know do that manually, uh, that that's be awesome. You know, so uh, I just think that kind of thing really creates a lot of potential. Yeah, that's it's pretty cool. It's very exciting. I know we have a lot of people asking about. You know, we've had a few people asking about uh, you know sending text messages and and email reminders. You know, when the event gets closer and stuff like that. We actually have uh, in 3.1. I've been messing around with a little bit. Uh, I've been messing around with an add-on to send email rem reminders um, two weeks before and then two days before an event and and things like that. So it's actually some code that was submitted from from one of our developers. Uh, his name is Leland. Um, he actually sent us over the code that we can try to, so I could make some modifications to it, and then uh, he said we could go ahead and put it up, uh, you know, on our pre-release channel or do whatever we want with it, basically. So, hope, I'm hoping that we can get <laughs> three point. I'm hoping that we can get Arabic out um, before, you know, before that, though. But, um, you know. It, it'll be a nice feature to have. Yeah, you know, yeah that's been the biggest struggle in this whole development process is that mm -hmm. we want to keep our customers happy with new features and things that they're requesting, but at the same token, we know on the on what we've been working on is going to solve a lot of the issues that yeah. customers have been having, and it's so hard because we want to get it in front of our customers, and yet we know that they've got events that they're selling right now that they need a reliable product with, so it's mm -hmm. been a struggle to try to balance 3.1 development with with the new um, plugin that we've been working on, and um, and we're just we like just personally as a developer, I know that um, I, I'm appreciative of some of the patience that some of our customers have had with us in the past little while, and um, I really really think at this time next year we'll be looking back and saying, wow, this is this has been such an incredible move for us in doing this. Yeah, we've just reached so many limitations with our current system. It's and it just it becomes it becomes a nightmare to try to try to you know try to support and and add you know new features to this and and stuff like that because it 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 started out I and mean, we have some of the same code that's been in there for years you know since the very beginning you know three over three years ago since we started this and and it's you know, worked it, well it's worked well for what it was intended yeah, yeah it's worked um, like well that's the thing. Um, it's just we're going forward. We're trying to not only think of what we need right now, but we also want to have the framework in place for what we can dream up in the future. And that's really been kind of the the push behind the 4.0 and Arabica development is 
we want to provide the flexibility for all kinds of new things that we can add in the future mm -hmm. future as well. Well, what it comes down to is is you know when when the plugin was was first when when Seth first forked the plugin, it was for a very like this purpose that he had in mind that he was thinking that he needed it for at the time um, and it's been used for so many different things that we never anticipated like people are using it to sell booths for for flea markets and and you know it, parking, parking park, and <laughs> and oil changes and like all sorts of things I mean people people have started using it as, as a booking system um, which is not something that we had anticipated but it is something that that we we are definitely interested in in and seeing how how people are using it um, that that's an awesome segue um, <laughs> to my next thing um, we're gonna have Eric from Ivy Cat on uh, next month and so for our espresso shots segment today. I thought we'd uh, take a look at um, Anna's Bay, which is a site that they built um, that uh, is awesome um, and that uses Event Espresso. Um, so, and they've got a lot of feedback about it, and we've gotten lots of feedback. I, I don't know how many times we've we've gotten emails saying I want a site that looks exactly like Anna's Bay. Um, and now, you know, I, happily, uh, they're on our, our Event Espresso uh, pros page now, so you can actually get in touch with them, um, which I'm, you know, happy about. Um, so this is, this is Anna's Bay, and it's, a, it's, it's, I don't really know much about the organization. I'm sure that, that Eric will, will, can talk, tell us about it um, next month. But uh, um, just, there we go. There's my event. I'm going to view the event. And just look at that. Look, it's awesome. <laughs> And this is Event Espresso, and you wouldn't be able to tell that it's Event Espresso um, unless you knew that it was, really. Um, and I, you know, I've said this before. I really like seeing um, seeing websites where uh, um, where I can't tell that it is uh, Event Espresso, um, and and this is one of those cases where you know I I I wouldn't know that that's what it was because they've done so much in in. In integrating and customizing the the design, and it just they did a really good job, and and I think it's pretty awesome. Um, we that was talked... that was Ivy Ivy Cat by the Ivy way. Ivy Cat. Yeah. What did I say? I uh, you you mentioned Ivy Cat earlier. I just wanted oh, to okay. put it out there again. <laughs> they they're one of our pro developers, so. They yep. And uh, just speaking of, and that was one of the things I was going to talk about too is. Um, we we put up this event espresso pros page, where um, you can actually get in touch with um, with some developers that are that are familiar with um, with event espresso. We've worked about it, worked on it, and there's Ivy Cat right there. There's a couple other guys, um, and uh, you know we're we're not always we 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 would love to be able to take on all the customization projects that people have. Um, you know that they wanna they want us to to help them with, but we just don't have um, we don't have the ability to do that. We don't have we don't have the we don't resources. Have the we don't have the manpower, right? Um, so this is a cool way. Um, you know, you can talk to people who have who actually have experience with with Event Espresso, and and all the people that are on our pros page. You can, if you're a developer, you can and you are, are familiar with Event Espresso, and you want to start getting you know emails from from people that are looking for for you know websites. Um, you can get in touch with us um, if you go to the eventespresso.com slash developers um, page. Uh, there is a link to apply to be listed as a pro. Um, 
and then once you fill out that form, um, we will we can look into the you know your what you what you put up there and and uh, put you up on our on our pros page, and then you can well the emails they go through our gravity forms, but they go directly to you. So um, this way, the the customers can talk directly to to these developers, and and you know we sort of we don't need to get in the way. Um, so uh, so yeah, there's there's that. That's that's my that's my bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that uh, about wraps it up, right, guys? Unless yeah. anybody else has anything else they want to say. So yeah, next month we'll have we'll have Eric from IvyCat, and uh, he sent us some questions um, this last month. So we might we might talk about um, you know some some of the things he wanted to to learn from us. Um, mm -hmm. When we have him on, and then I you know I'd love to see you know how how. Well, you know how INS Bay worked, how they approach projects, and just you know hang out. and And if anybody has any questions for Eric or us, um, please use the form. Um, if you're looking at this uh, in a replay on the archive page, it's down there, um, or in the blog, it's it's probably going to be in the post. And uh, if you're looking at this on the chat page, then uh, then you probably don't have that form. But 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 you will. So I guess we'll see everyone uh, next month on the 9th, right? Is that um, April 9th? April 9th. Uh, are we moving the time back to 10, Seth? Yeah, I think we're going to move the time back to 10. I'm, you know, My wife just had surgery and stuff. I don't, she should be driving by then, but today it was kind of like, it was kind of crazy. I'd driving kids all around and trying to do some things for her. So I think 10 o'clock is probably going to be a little that's, bit better. Uh, yeah. That's 12. P.M. Eastern Standard Time for so it'll people. be lunchtime for some people. So and 4 p.m. GMT. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, uh, whoever's listening out there. All all three people. It's <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> <laughs> still good. It was good. Yeah. And thanks, Darren, for for joining us and showing us the messaging system. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and, thanks, and the Mandrel app. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go sign up for Mandrel right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's definitely helped us, that's for sure. So anyways, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next time. See you next month. Bye, folks.